Hey folks, welcome to the Cold World Podcast. Listen, it's a little different this time uh, for a few reasons. One, uh, had the, I'm recording from my office and got the microphone, but there's no microphone cord. So had to utilize um, the, the, the microphone from the, the, the Logitech face cam that we got. So that's one. Two, um, for whatever reason, the, the stream to Facebook kept cutting out and it really shouldn't have because internet here is supposed to be great but you know what sometimes things happen so there are going to be some parts that might get cut off a little early uh, or whatnot but you should be able to make out the bulk of what it is that we're talking about today so we'll be back soon thank you for rocking with us as always please check out the liner notes and uh, take care of yourselves enjoy the show and my boy Tommy so look I've been watching the news and like the news has been just completely trash to me like it's been terrible so before i even got on here i was like you know what let's see what the news topics are because maybe we should cover some stuff and i was just like so disappointed in the news so here go from cnn here go the top stories uh scope of fbi probe and kavanaugh is too narrow that's one two uh amy uh klobuchar is stunned at kavanaugh's behavior over blackout says her parent is an alcoholic that's the number two story and then the number three story on cnn um your place for news is gwyneth paltrow suddenly confirms her marriage that is the number three most important story on cnn fox news let's see what they news is they top three uh top one is fired fbi director blast kavanaugh pro deadline um the second one is trump blast nbc and the third most important uh, story on Fox News is liberal senator doesn't answer when asked whether Dems leaked Ford's letter. Like these are the top. <laughs> this is the this is what they feel is the most important news right now. You know what I mean? So the news has just been super trash. But we're just gonna jump into it. In New York, New York just passed. Um, a policy the New York Department of Education passed a policy saying that mental health will be integrated into curriculum and they'll be training kids on uh, mental health from the age of three or four and all throughout their their uh, educational experience and the reason being is you know depression anxiety all that stuff is at all-time highs whether you want to say it's um, it's um, as a product of social media the internet access all this stuff right so regardless of what it is there is um, a huge spike in, in in depression and suicidal ideations and all that stuff and so i looked at that and i was like damn that's like super dope that a, a, a school district for once is being um responsive to what's actually happening in the world because it usually takes us a long time on the education side like we're we're really behind and everything and then I also looked at it, it was also interesting to me because I run an organization called Energy Converters where we utilize the voice of those that are receiving our products, whether it's education or whatever. So I work with students around student voice. And all last year, our young people made over 100 pieces of content and more than the majority of that content focused on student mental health and Mar and our young people in 2017 made recommendations similar to the New York Department of Education. This is why that's important. It's important because the majority of what my time has gone to 
as a founder and executive director of an organization that utilizes student voice, has gone to convincing people and funders um, and, and, and potential supporters of just why student voice is important and how it can be utilized. So instead of me actually spending time cultivating these recommendations and, 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 and like building out the partnership so we can execute on all the things that these young people have recommended, like I'm sitting up like really having to like explain why this is important. Now, some of y'all follow my, my work and some of you don't, right? So this is what I believe, right? I'm going to just keep it a whole buck with you. What I personally believe is that those um, most impacted, um, like those people have to lead their own liberation. They got to lead their own freedom. So when I started Energy Converters, people that have known me for a long time, I've been saying Energy Converters for a long, for a whole bunch of years before this nonprofit thing even came up. I've always felt that those like, I don't even want to say oppressed. We can say oppressed, whatever. I felt like the people that were oppressed needed to have um, their voices heard and not just like where people were complaining or saying this is wrong or that or whatever, but like we want to really build out a process where people's lived experiences, where we start with that. And then we, 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 we scaffold and we build on top of what their personal experiences are with like really rigorous research. So it's basically saying student mental health is, a, is an issue at my school. I'm depressed as a student. I have friends that's depressed and this is what they do and my friends cutting themselves. And then these students go and they do research. What does that mean? What, what, does, um, what are the rates for suicidal ideations? What's the rates of student mental health? How has it risen? How are other countries handling that? How are other places in the United States handling that? And then once they have that information, they create content with actual recommendations that come from a place of, um, of, of research, right? So it's not just like, oh, I want to see this happen because I want to see it. It's like, no, this is what research says and this is what we think. So that's the thing that we've been trying to build. And I think that, like, you know, the struggles that we've had in, like, raising funds and to kind of really expand this and build this out, um, you know, it, it's... I mean, it's definitely been frustrating, but seeing that article um, was powerful for me. And the thing is, is that people don't have to always rock with you up front. But if you just keep moving that stuff forward, man, you keep doing what you need to do. Like sometimes things will shine through and you got to jump on it when that happens. Like you got to really, really jump on it. You know what I'm saying? Like I have to fail over and over and over and over again in order to get to that place you know what i'm saying so this brought me to the conversation around wanting to talk about depression because i think that people are still like afraid to talk about this thing right and i think that i don't feel like i know anybody intimately or like personally that's like in my circle that has not dealt with depression or anxiety in some form or fashion so i was like you know what let's destigmatize this thing and let's just have a conversation about it and like what actual success looks like. Um, and so, you know, I love doing a podcast because I'm going to give you a different part of me, right? Like if you watch this, if you listen to this, um, and shout out to the people that's listen, that's watching in live and the folks that's listening on the apps. Like, I remember being super broke in high school and then in college, right? And I remember the, the problems 
and frustrations that I had. Like I felt like the opportunity wasn't necessarily there or um, if I only had some money, I could do this. Or if I had access to X, I can go and accomplish Y, right? Like it wasn't a lot of me doing things and getting in my own way. You know what I'm saying? Like, but it made me hungry. So I would watch, you know, my, you know, I knew people that went to private schools or, you know, their parents had money and stuff. And I would watch what they weren't doing with their opportunity and I would try to leapfrog them, right? So for example, um, you know, I started writing and publishing stuff because I knew a lot of people that said they wanted to have these type of jobs and they knew how to get the internships. They knew how to like, um, like they was getting like internships at like the Cameos and, um, and and they were just able to do those things, but they just wouldn't take advantage of it. Right. So, you know, my ego played a large part in that. So when I was poor, like, and when I was like things when I were poor, like I would just go for it differently, right? Like when I was when I was a kid, I was fearless. Like I was really fearless, right? Like I had nothing to lose. And when you plan a game with nothing to lose, right? Like you go all out. Like I played basketball for most of my life. And it was always frustrating when we be down and then we come out in the fourth quarter because we we down and we behind and we play better than we've ever played, right? And it's like, damn, why do we have to be losing by fifteen points going into the fourth? To play this hard. Why can't we just start the game out playing this hard, right? So that was the mentality that I took into, like, college. It was like, okay, let me play the game like I'm down 15 in the fourth quarter and I'm full court pressing. We going all out. We diving for every loose ball. Like, so when I was when I was down, like, when I came, you know what I'm saying, and I'm ashy and I, I can't, like, I'm not, I don't have the bread to take like women on nice dates or, you know what I'm saying, the type of kicks that I wanted or whatever the case is, like, like I, I dove on the ground for every loose ball that life had to, had to throw at me. So when I didn't like something that my university did, I held a walkout. I, I did it with a group of people and it was like 600 some other people that joined us and we actually changed some stuff, you know. Uh, we played a big part in how Cal State Hayward slash East Bay looks now, you know what I'm saying, or... Um, when like certain opportunities got were, were presented, I get on a Greyhound bus and go like to wherever that place was to be a part of the mix, right? Like these weren't things that necessarily took money; they just took heart. And like there is a a fearlessness when you come from like living in shelters, right? And like living in in, in Oakland and in, or Chicago or Detroit or wherever it is that you're from, and you don't have, like, you look at these people that got all these means, and um, and and you uh, like it, it it motivates you. It motivated me. I'm gonna just speak for myself. So, I didn't suffer from like a depression when I was like in the hood. You feel what I'm saying? Like, like I didn't have time to have existential crises because. I just wanted to make sure that I did the things I need to do when I graduated or whatever the case is so I could live the type of life that I fantasized about. And so I would sit when I was in college and I would daydream and fantasize about, you know, one day I'm going to have a Benz. One day I'm going to like have a home. Like one day I'm going to be able to to send my parents on vacations or or help them buy the house that they want. Right. I don't know what all these people with money is complaining about. Right. Like I don't I don't understand how somebody 
that was a, a Wall Street titan jumps off of a building, right, when this when the stock market crashes. Like I don't I don't understand that. And then fast forward. Fast forward to to some degrees, right? Fast forward to um, a good career. Fast forward to some actual like real clout and um, being able to like have connections and actually can pay all your bills and stuff. And and then I uh, I, I tore my knee up, right? And now, so you do before I go into, when as I go into this part, there are things about me that you gotta understand. Because I moved around so much, because my parents was on drugs, because I went to AA meetings with them, because like because of all these things and I and I went to all these schools, I've I've never been a person that had a bunch of friends. Like I have people that I'm friendly with, like I know how to go out and I know how to work a room when it's about work and stuff. But personally, personally, I much rather be to myself, right? Like I, I don't like people seeing me down. I don't like people um um like like I don't, I don't, I, don't, I, I just am not a. Uh, I've only had a few relationships, like friendships, that have that that like where people say, "Oh, I got these these friends I've had for fifteen or twenty years, right?" So I can name those people right now. Will, Jeff, uh, I've known Adonis for a long time. Like I've known my guy Mylon for a long time. Um, like there's, a, you know, my my guy Tommy who's in here that said don't use his government name, even though he identified himself in the comments, right? Like. There are people that I, that like know me and know my idiosyncrasies, but there's also just people that I'm friendly with, but I don't expect anything from those people just because I've always had to kind of take care of myself, right? So actually, at this point in the game, I'm 35. Like I don't know how to let people take care of me. I don't. I don't know. Like, I don't even know what that means, right? Like we'll probably end up calling this this episode. Uh, yeah, it's been that long. We old dog. Um, he made a comment about it hasn't really been that long. Like at 35, like I don't I don't know how to reprogram to where it's like I'm bringing people in and like having these like super intimate like conversations, right? So back to the story. I tear my knee up doing what I love. I played. I was playing basketball. I violently ripped shredded my knee to nothing. I, I tore my ACL, my MCL, and my meniscus. I couldn't walk. Um, my boy Mylon. Uh, Picked me up from. He took me for my to my to my surgery. My pops had like called me a few times. He wanted to be involved. Said he was gonna come get me and do all this stuff. And then at the last minute, he like canceled. Like like I had already like I wasn't expecting him to actually make it, which is why I had Mylon there to help me. But you know I, that's that's a whole other different story, right? So so the only person that saw me directly after my surgery was Mylon. Um, and so Mylon gets me back. You know what I'm saying? Um, I'm in my room, still high from the drugs. My leg is wrapped up so tight. Like, I I, I still feel good. The pain hasn't come yet because these drugs are crazy. Uh, and and uh, before that time, from then on to when I actually was able to walk again, because I could not walk for months, right? It was that violent. It was that bad. This is the first time in my life that I dealt with depression. This is the, the first time, like... Like this face is a little, I've lost a little bit of weight, but I got really, really, I got, first I got really small because I wasn't eating. And then I gained a ton of weight because for so long, I had always been a skinny point guard. So I was always, I was taking in all these calories. My caloric intake was always crazy because I couldn't 
keep weight on. So because I did so much cardio and running, um, I could I would eat all this crazy like carby stuff so I could try to bulk up. And but I was working out and playing ball all the time. So what happens is when you are laid up and you're not moving one part of your body, first off, your muscles around the atrophy. So that means that the muscles around my knee and not just one of my legs, but both my legs, because I wasn't doing anything with it, they shriveled up. And so I lost I lost power there. And then um, I started eating more and more and I wasn't moving. I was eating at the same rate that I ate before. And I just ballooned, man. I My, my walk around weight before I got hurt uh, was around 185, 190. Like 190 was like a cool little spot. I ended up blowing up to about 220. And it wasn't necessarily good weight. So the first time I'm like, like depressed, right? So my brother would check in on me. I had friends that wanted to check in on me. And I'd be like, nah, like you, I'm good. Like don't don't come through here, right? Like I didn't even know that that's what was happening, right? So like if you came in my crib, it was like dark. Uh, I, you know, I got I was watching the same movies over and over again. Um, you know, thinking if I'd ever be able to play basketball again or whatever. I mean, and it's not that I was like in the NBA or some crap. It's just basketball has just been my favorite. It's been my refuge for my entire life. Like, I stayed out of trouble in school because I wanted to play basketball. I got good grades so I could play basketball. Like, um, like I would travel like hours and hours for pickup games, you know, stuff like that. Like, I just love hooping. Like, it, you know what I'm saying? I, when I tore my knee, I didn't want to smell a basketball. I didn't want to see it. Anytime something with basketball came on, I turned it off. Um, I didn't watch like the NBA. I didn't watch college, and I love UK basketball. Let's see if we can get this back up. Let's see Facebook. Oh, I don't know what's going on there. All right, I think we back now. So, anyway, man, so where'd I leave off? Um, I'm not letting people know what's going on with me, right? Like, you know what I'm saying? I'm not letting people come through and help me, none of that stuff. And so, um, I'm, just, I'm, just, I'm just going deeper and deeper, like, into the abyss of, of all of it, right? Okay, we got that rocking. That's back. And so... Um, people are like, you know, like I just didn't want people to see me in that state. Like I, I, I really, really didn't, you know what I'm saying? And I've always been a person that's, I, I, I retreat into myself. Um, and I was talking about drugs. So here's the other thing. Like my parents are, are addicts. They've been clean for a long time, but they're, they're addicts. And so I've been to enough NA meetings to know that once an addict, always an addict. And I've also knew that um, sometimes these things could be hereditary. So both of my parents are addicts and uncle and I got uncles as addicts. I got on both sides, all this stuff, right? I have some of the strongest drugs, um, that like I, I had private insurance. That's what money gets you. I had, I had, I had private insurance. So I wasn't getting like generic drugs. I was getting like real narcotics. Right. And so I, I just, I wouldn't take my pain medicine. So I would like I would I would just take Advil or Tylenol like I had um, they gave me uh, 
like just super Viking and stuff. They gave me Narcos. They gave me, um, I mean, they, 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 I still have the stuff like in my bathroom. Like it, like I, I, cause I just wouldn't use them cause I didn't want to become dependent on these things. Right. But here's where I learned about addiction is that, um, addicts, like I have addict behaviors, like they're in me. Like I, I am like a, um, I don't know how to describe it, but like I've never abused drugs. I've never abused alcohol. Like I don't even really drink. Like I'll, I'll you know, I'll have like a drink here or there, but I've not even been like drunk in like years. Like it's just not, I don't like not being in control of my body. Um, but addict behaviors are something else. So for me, I said, if I'm going to be addicted to something and I know what my personality trait is. I'm going to make that be work or I'm going to make that be my goals. Like I'm going to 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 replace a negative stimuli with something uh, positive. You know what I mean? Like like how do I like really focus on these things? So now I'm like, OK, I want to start a business. I want to publish this book. I want to become a doctor and I want to do these things. And these are things that I love doing. They give me like joy. Like people be like, yo, what do you like to do for fun? And I sound like a fucking crazy person because I'll be like, yo, I want to like go to my office and write. And I like I'm serious. Like I want to be at a bookstore surrounded by books and like create something new. You know what I mean? Like I flew to Paris just to write. Like I had some good food. Like when you operate the way that like I operate, it's um it, it it like I am not a person that needs um like other people to kind of like validate what I do, right? Like I you know what I'm saying like I don't I don't necessarily want um like people there when I'm like in the process of creating and things like that, right? So I don't like going out to dinners and stuff. Like I'll go. You feel me? But it's like I'm going just so it's not awkward for other people. Um, you know, like when like like I don't know what emotionally unavailable means, but I probably operate kind of in that space. Right. Like there's like a few people that I like want around me and those people I actually really do want around me. Like I have to like I like it's like, yeah, I want to I really want these people around me. Um but like I have to, there's just a certain way and process that I need to do that. So I have friends that probably feel like I don't give a shit about them. And that's really not true. Like it's, it's, it's not true, right? It's just the way in which I operate is like I, I, I retreat into myself. Like my Will Jackson is like my best friend. He is my brother. Like I am like, like I, I am his kid's godfather like I, I am uh, like those are my nephews like I love them and but because he knows me and we know each other and also like I mean he served in a war right you know what I'm saying so I, th I think he understands my mindset more than anybody else because we grew up the same way and so there'll be times we don't talk to each other for like a month or like you know what I'm saying three weeks like I, I may see I went like four or five months without seeing like my nephews right like but they don't take it personal because they just know me and they know how I operate. But I don't know. Like I said, there are other friends, uh, other people that's like in my life and they might feel like, yo, like this dude really just don't rock with us. Right. Like or that might be some form of narcissism. And it's like, yo, I really don't want you to take it 
you know, personally, you know what I'm saying? Which is part of the reason why I started a podcast, because it's a way for me to be with 160,000 people um, over the course of the life of, of doing this podcast, where I get to be with a bunch of people without being with a bunch of people, you know? Um, so there's that. So, so back to like this whole thing around depression and anxiety and stuff. So we do this stuff, man, and like these kids write these articles, they do this research. I don't tell them what to write. They write what they want to write. And they chose to go down this path. And these kids are telling me about cutting themselves. They're telling me about suicidal ideations. They're saying that, you know, they have friends that like were depressed and attempted suicide and like middle school and early high school and these these teachers and these schools didn't know they didn't one they didn't see signs and two they didn't really do anything and so these young people made like these really profound recommendations um and then one day one of them asked me well how do you deal with like depression and anxiety and so by all accounts and purposes to some people not necessarily to me because my goals are higher but like let's say i'm a successful person right like I, you know what i'm saying like i have a salary um you know i started something i'm educated i'm traveled whatever but somewhere along the way i'll be looking at certain things that i do or i won't do and i'm like yo when did you become a punk like when did I be like at what point did I become afraid to try something or to fail at something or to not put myself out there? Like at what point? Because I will say out loud, I don't, I don't think this is consciously. Because consciously, I really don't care what people think. I know, I know that this country lifts you up to tear you down and will boo you on the way down and and cheer for you on the way back. Like once you get there, like. Like, you can look at a Jay-Z and see that, right? Like, you know, they, they people love Jay-Z and Beyonce, but as soon as, like, a rumor happens or... The, the, like, they said this woman faked having a baby. You know what I mean? Like, like so I've never really cared, like, consciously about what people think, but you get these things, right? You get a good salary. You get... Um, you get the car that you want. You get the, the, the house that you want. You you, you know what I'm saying? You, you get locked into these things, and now all of a sudden... Everything has you like, like you anxious about everything, everything. And it's crazy because I'm the same dude that when I was broke was like, what's wrong with these? Like, this nigga got bread. You know what I'm saying? Like, what is he tripping off of? You know what I'm saying? And like, so it's like I was sending an email. Listen, y'all, I was sending an email like selling my organization to kind of get some funding to do this thing. And I like wouldn't, I didn't send it for like, like a day. Like I went through like six different drafts of a like punk ass email. Like when did I become the guy afraid to say, this is what I do. This is why it's dope. You need to support it. And if you don't, it's fine, but whatever. Like, but this is a good idea. Like, when did that happen? Like, I'm finding myself in conversations with mentors being like, well, how should I approach this person? And da, da, da. Like, and then there's another part of me. There's like the kid part of me, right? Like from the Salvation Army shelter that's like, nigga, if you don't run up on these people and just get what you need. Like, I don't know when that happened. 
Like, I don't know. You know what I'm saying? It's crazy, man. It is so crazy. I don't know. And I don't know if it's just a product of the time. I don't know if it's like, because social media is another thing. Like, let's let's just keep it a buck, yo. You just, you will never see me on social media, like, talking about a girlfriend. Of course, I've dated people in my life, yo. Of course, I've had, like, situations, whatever, right? Some have ended well, some have not ended well, whatever. You know what I'm saying? It's people, like, I have friends, people that I've dated, people I haven't dated, like, just, just, People that know me in general, right? That's like, like the thing about it is like, like there's some people that think I'm this amazing kid, this this great guy, and there's some people that hate my guts. Like it's just it's just the facts, you know what I mean? Like like I, I definitely have my fair share of unsavory moments, but like anxiety will have, I mean, and it might be my own narcissism, right? Like. Let's just let's just call it what it is like in the realm of social media where you are your own media company by yourself with a curated life with what you post, what you say and all that stuff like and people losing their jobs and positions and lots in life because of some stuff they posted and people getting put on because of things that they posted like everybody is a little bit more anxious around like we all living in the Truman Show. And which is why it's been one of my goals when energy converter gets to where it needs to be like I'm letting the social media stuff go like I'm letting it go because everybody don't deserve to have access to you. You understand what I'm saying? Like everybody doesn't deserve to be able to peek into the great parts of your life, the poor parts of your life and all that good stuff, man. Like they don't people we keep training people to feel entitled about what we do and i think that that is taking a toll on everybody i think it's adding to this opioid crisis i think that it is making little kids feel ain't super anxious before they're five years old like i like I, and i'm not just blaming social media because i think social media is a tool I think you can use a hammer to build a house and you can also use a, that same hammer to bust somebody upside the head, right? Like it's a tool and it's in the way that you use it. Um, but if you need to go get off this social media, that's just what it is. You know what I'm saying? Like everybody cares and nobody cares. Like you are on the beach. <laughs> you are but a morsel of sand, you know what I'm saying, on the beach, right? Um that I, I I don't know man I, I I think that I want sneaky success um like I don't I don't need to super win in front of everybody you know that's why my goals are what they are right my goals are to knock this stuff out um it was to help my parents move away which happened um it was to take my parents out the country which happened it was to become a doctor which is close to happening if I can write this damn dissertation I wrote nothing today um that's a whole different thing. But after that, it is pack it up, shut it down, and, like, just go live, like, your life. You know what I mean? Like, after this dissertation, I'm open to a lot of stuff. I might even listen, man. After the dissertation, I've said this. Like, like I might, like, settle down and get married or something. I don't know. I might be talking crazy right now because I, I am definitely emotionally unavailable. But, um, but that's why those goals are what they are. You know, and then anxiety leads to 
self-inflicted failures. So this the thing. When I was younger, there were systemic things that held me back, right? There were, you know, I couldn't change my parents being in poverty. I couldn't change, you know what I'm saying? Um, like, I couldn't change those things, you know what I'm saying? I couldn't change living in the shelter, right? It was things that people did to me. Now, it is, when I look at the things that hold me back now, it is all really tripping right now. And it shouldn't be because these upload speeds are crazy in my office. But, so I'm going to wrap it up quickly. I get really uncomfortable when people come up to me and I get this now, I get this like weekly and say stuff like, I want my kids to grow up to be like you. Or um, I see a lot of my kid in you or or, or like, I, are you such a good role model? I, I hate it. I don't like it. I don't want to be nobody's role model. Like none. You know what I'm saying? Like we all got our own heels to like climb up like that level of pressure like no because what happens is when people place you in those boxes and they put you on those things like it's a different type of microscope and i feel like at times it can take your humanity away um i've had to be uber mature like my whole life you know i helped raise my brother and sister when i was a kid like i'm when i was eight nine ten eleven years old like i played a significant role in uh and the ruin of my siblings because my parents were, you know, had their own stuff going on, were not there or whatever the case is. But I, I, I took on a lot then. And I think that's why I don't want kids now or like I'm I, or I waited so long like that process. Like when I was able to like leave my house after graduation, after like high school graduation, like I left. And there was a short stint of time when I was in college where I lost my funding. My financial aid and i had to come back home for a little bit and my number one goal was to get back out of that house um associate kids i associate children with that like i associate children with oh don't come back with uh, if you ain't got enough for all of them don't bring none of them you know don't come back with nothing or something like that like i like if i didn't have to be so responsible early i don't think that i would because I don't want to, I didn't want to deal with like, <laughs> like the success that came from it. And I had to like, when I, if I'm being really honest, I had an opportunity to do a, 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 an interview. Um, I'm not going to say the person's name, but like, with like this really big news outlet to like really talk about my struggle. And I'm like, you know what though, but that's going to put me on a bunch of people's radars. And I really don't want to be on a bunch of people's radars. Um. Like, I really don't want that responsibility. I don't want somebody putting their hopes and dreams into me as opposed to just going out and living for their self. Um, so, this stream is acting up, man, but this has been a really fun conversation. This is what I'm going to leave you with because I, I want to make sure I tie this all back. Because um, I hold myself back worse than anybody else could. And you should probably ask the question in your life is, is it somebody else holding you back or is it you holding you back? I don't I don't care if you are a single mom with four kids. Like, I don't care if you dropped out of the fifth grade. I don't care if you got multiple PhDs or whatever. And you just I don't care if you got a drug problem. I don't care if you got a sex addiction. I don't like any of that stuff. If you breathe in, it's time you got you got time to change it. Like. You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, that, that's that's just something that you got to own. 
Like you gotta own that stuff. And you ain't gotta do it in public. You ain't gotta do it for the internet. You ain't gotta do that for the cram, right? Like you gotta just do that for yourself. The other thing is, yo, especially as black folks, that that whole anti therapy thing or we don't do shrinks, we got Jesus and all that stuff. All that stuff, yo, you gotta let that shit go. Like you really gotta let and I'm not saying like I pray a lot. I talk to God a whole lot. Um, usually when I done messed up and I need him to bail me out or something. But I do try to just be really grateful and I try to think about the things that I got. But like on some but like real talk, it ain't necessarily been by gun violence. Like gun violence is still a big thing, but a lot of this stuff is people ODing, people murking themselves sort of stuff when I'm struggling. Um because I'm I don't want to sell you some shit. Like I don't want to sell you you know what I'm saying? Like these things, like I, like I'm gonna, I'm at this office because I'm supposed to write after I leave, after I finish doing it. So I'm gonna just stay here. I don't know how much is gonna get done. You feel me? Like I have no clue. Um, but like, go get the help you need. Oh. See, told you. I, I know that the audio was a little choppy, but uh, you got the gist of it. We ended on saying, if you need help, go get the help you need. Like, don't let this social media stuff or your own depression or whatever don't let it take you down because it's taking a lot of people down um but we will be back our audio will be fixed next time i will have the right chords it will be the pristine clean um podcast experience that you are used to from me so until next time please take care of yourselves take care of each other we truly appreciate you this is the cold world podcast